a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Jason Wygan. Yeah! Uh, talking about uh, our off-season races, and uh, I was in Geneva, and I was Paris, and he went down under. And there's plenty to talk about when it comes to the races, so uh, yeah, we thought we'd get together and, and wrap this thing up. So thank you, Fly Racing, flyracing.com, from the FR5 boot to the Evo pant to the Formula helmet. Fly Racing has got you covered. They've got a whole bunch of goggles that they worked on, too, last year. Please check them out, flyracing.com. Zach Osborne wearing Fly, of course. Uh, Justin Bogle, Blake Baggett, you name it. Uh, a lot of guys running Fly out there. These days, and thanks to Fly Racing for title sponsoring this podcast. It's fantastic gear. Kinetic Mesh is out now, of course, and the Monster Energy Cup LE stuff. I'd probably still available. So, thank you, those guys. Uh, also, thank you, Maxis Tires. Uh, big deal with Maxis this year. Uh, the new team with AJ Catanzaro, Alex Ray, and others uh, using Maxis Tires, MXSTs. They're they're using them on their Kawasaki. So that'll be interesting. A Ray choice of tire. Is Maxis. Alpine Stars as well. The Tech 10, the most advanced booted motocross today. The Tech 7 is a boot that uh, that I enjoy and that I really like. It doesn't have the booty in it. The A1 chest protector is something that a lot of racers wear under their jersey. Even if they're sponsored by other companies, you will see that A1 chest protector from Alpine Stars underneath the jersey. It's that good. So thank you, Alpine Stars, as well. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate this. Uh, again, thanks to those companies for helping us out. Thank you, people, for listening. Here's Jason Wygan and I going on and on about the offseason. Hope you enjoy. And now, as promised, to uh, recap the off-season trips that w- him and I have done all over the world, really, uh, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. It's my buddy and my boss at Racer X Online. It's Jason Wygan. What's up, Weege? Yeah. What's happening? Dude, we have not done this in a long time. We haven't, no. We, we've not done this. We, we were missing JT, but he didn't, he didn't travel much. But yeah, soon uh, we will do this every Sunday or Monday and just start yelling. Dude, JT is yelling right now. He could just sense that you just claim that JT doesn't travel much. You just said that. He's not on the show. He can sense that he's so angry right now. Yeah, it's a good point. That you just insinuated that he doesn't. He didn't do the travel. I meant to the races that we went to. That That's what this pod is about. That's okay. it. That's, and, and soon we will talk about Marty and Stu on Sunday nights. <laughs> we'll be back. Yes, yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. But listen, we'll get to Geneva and stuff, but there, there actually is Marty talk. There's plenty of Marty talk. Um, so you went to, and, and by the way, you don't know how many people, like mutual friends of ours, cannot believe that you went to Australia and New Zealand for this. Like, no, a lot of people can't believe you went. So I want you to get that, I want to get that out front that people are like, what? He's going? No, like, I believe it. You've been bagging on me for years, as, as you and I know. 
people like us can get a free flight to these international races. So you tell people from normal walks of life that you can get a flight to Paris every year. Yeah. You spend a little money out of, you know, you probably, I'm sure, Steve, you spent some money. I'm probably pocket, out right? like a couple hundred. Right. You tell someone every fall you can go to Paris for a couple hundred. People would be like, what? If you're passing that up. So I'm passing that up yeah. every year. Yeah. Ossex Open has offered me a plane ticket for five years. Yep. And I passed it up. You had a free flight to Australia and you said no. Yes. I said no. So yep. I realize where my reputation yeah. Yeah. is. People, and doing this yep. is massive. People are, are people mutual stuff, mutual friends are always like, What yep. what? I'm like, Yeah, bro, he's all in and he's staying over there. So um, I went to Paris and Geneva, my typical two races that, that I hit up uh Yep. Plenty to talk about. You went to Australia and uh, New Zealand, and I guess we'll start with this. So, uh, well, we could start with your money issues and your money problems. Um, let's start there. Let's start. There. Okay. So, all right. Uh, all right. I heard another. I I heard another good one this weekend about you. Another good one. Um, <laughs> courtesy of who? Courtesy of your guy J- JB. JB. Yeah, Ken. Justin Brayton. Yeah. So great guy. Great guy. A lot of stories are filtering up from your time there. From things that you said, things that you did, uh, through people that were down there, and the one I heard this weekend was that you absolutely, you you loved the coffee that they had there down under, uh, and, and I I heard it from um, Jacob Hayes was in studio for Public Mike Show last night, and he brought up the coffee down under too, and and this is like the third or fourth person has told me how good the coffee is down there. I have no idea why, who knows? But anyway, so no, there was a real theory. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Steph Nutt, who yep. is Australian, you know, works for KTM. Yep. And uh, I had a conversation with her and Simon Cudby, who's from England, and they explained the reason that our coffee sucks. And by the way, this I, I learned this is true, and then it, it fits everything. We have too many people. Everything's all about fast and feeding and getting as much product to as many people in as mm-hmm. little time as possible. Yeah. And it results in a compromise in everything America does. And that includes the coffee there and also everything else is – we are we are based on speed and yep. mass quantity, and it cuts on our quality well, in coffee and many other things. So and, they are correct, and beef yeah. quality too, from what I've read and heard. Yeah, so I, I think it's all for the same reason. Right, uh, right. Australia is the same size as the United States, and it has less than one tenth the population. Right, so they can take it easy and so, work focus on quality instead of speed. Incredible coffee yeah. down under, and you were a fan of it. I heard you loved the lattes, and you actually enjoyed them very much, but. You, of course, your family was with you. Your two wonderful yeah. children, two wonderful children, and thanks, Steve. Yep, and and your and your lovely wife, who my wife says is is awesome. Follow on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. You love this coffee. You love this latte, and you were buying them. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what point this happened, but you were buying them every day, let's say, for a while, and then at some point, you stopped buying them because yes, yes, folks, they were too expensive, and you stuck to hotel coffee. But you were upset at the hotel coffee because you could, it wasn't very good. You couldn't get the mixture right. Brayton said you were not instant happy. Coffee. With, what? Yeah, it's instant coffee. Yeah, okay, so instant. You, yeah, so you were pissed at the hotel coffee, but yes, but your principles were greater than your anger, and you would not go and buy coffee again. <laughs> so, the folks, this, this is, is true. this is a real story. Yes, this is true. So, uh, long story short, they they have great coffee. But what they don't have in both, this is both New Zealand and Australia, they don't have coffee. So the very first morning we were in New Zealand getting breakfast, we go to a nice cafe and they, I say, I would like coffee. And I just get this cross-eyed, blurry look like, 
coffee? I'm like, yeah, I will have coffee. Yeah. They don't serve just coffee. You, you have to pick what type of coffee you want. The closest you can get to what we think of as a regular coffee mm-hmm. is what they call a long black, where they give you a shot of espresso and then they give you hot water to what? turn it into. Yeah. But you don't, you don't get, you don't, you do not get a cup or a mug of just black coffee. You can get a latte, you can get an espresso, you can get a cappuccino, yeah. or you can get a long black, which is a shot, and then they give you water. It's like you can put tea in this, or you can put <laughs> yeah. this shot in. Yeah. It. So, or if you're Anton, you just take the shot. Yeah, just drink yeah. the shot. Only. Right. Right. So that was weird. So I kept having to experiment. I'm like, all right, I don't know what this long black is, so maybe I'll try latte, and they were good. Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting for the elusive. I'm like, it's only been a few days. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out what regular coffee here is. But after about two weeks, I had never figured it out. And I was constantly drinking these much more expensive drinks that I would never purchase either there or here. And by the time we got to Australia, because we spent, uh-huh. you know, it was three weeks. We spent half of it in New Zealand, half in Australia. By the time we got to Australia, sorry, Australia. By the time I got there, I was over it. I was not going to get a $6 latte every single time. I just wanted some caffeine in the morning. And, and I know that's Brayton what said do, you, but I don't do it. Brayton said yeah. you were really enjoying these lattes. You like them. Oh, they were good. Yes. Another uh, huge advancement. They claim that their milk, their butter, any dairy product, yeah. vastly superior because, but, again, they don't have to do it in mass quantities, so their lattes are good. But, dude, come on. I just, just want coffee in the morning. You just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Now, you know, Steve, you've stayed in a lot of hotels in the United States. They'll sometimes put a Keurig in your room. You can make coffee in your hotel room. They do it. Is it Starbucks? No. But it's not instant coffee. Right? Uh, I don't know. I never do it. I, I can't stop it. I, I never. They don't have flavored creamer. They have instant, instant. You know, never, I, never. Sometimes it's Keurig. What's so bad about that? I need creamer. Oh. I need yeah, the proper creamer. creamer. Oh, I need. I, I. They don't have that. But I, so Brayton said that you were just like can't do it. It's too much money. Right. So I was like, I'll just take whatever this coffee is that they have but, in these hotel rooms, but they don't give you. But nice you hated degree. it. You hated well, it. Well, they give you instant coffee, which I've never had, and it's not good. I mean, look, again, I'm just looking for some caffeine in the morning, so it's fine, but it's not good. Like, no one is ever drinking instant coffee and saying, oh, man, love this instant coffee. So right. this was step uh, one of you being super cheap again. Well, okay, here's how the whole thing happened. Yes, the reason I pass up these overseas events, I would love to go to Paris and Geneva. I would love to go to the nations. I would love to go to Australia New Zealand. I would love to go all the time. I have two kids. If it was just my wife and I or just me, no problem. But I'm already gone 25 to 30 weekends a year as it is. I can't then spend the off-season blowing off five days with my buddies in Europe. So the only way I can do it is I got to bring them with me. So the folks from uh, mm-hmm. Offsex Open reached out to me in July. I remember it well. I think it, I was at Redbud. And they said, we would like to have you come and maybe some TV and Racer X together, you know, so we can put together a decent amount of money for you. So I was hedging my bets. You know, you got to commit, and then you got to start planning. So I was mm-hmm. hedging my bets, thinking if I can get them to pay me enough, I can maybe break even-ish on this, yeah. and I can actually get to go to these races and actually bring my family. Yep. Because I can't do it any other way. Yeah. But as the planning of the trip started to go, it started to cost much, much, mm-hmm. much more. Yeah. And they paid me good. Uh, but well, that's another thing that I heard <laughs> from sources down under was that. You were upset about the total cost of the trip, but you traveled around the world with three other people, and you were saying, in you know, you had nowhere to stay for three weeks. Like, what did you expect? Why are you upset over this money? 
That's this is another big topic amongst our mutual friends. Like, what? Why are you upset? You got to see Australia and New Zealand, and what did you think it was going to cost? How did you possibly think you were going to break even? That's what also is a talk. Okay, that is fair. Uh, I started off in a big hole because I originally looked. I was going to purchase uh, my flight and my wife's, and then uh, I, I purposely had my wife shoot a lot of photos, which she loves to do, and I. I am forcing those photos to run in Racer X so I can justify her as a uh, business expense. I had to have her shoot these photos. I, yeah. IRS, I had to buy this plane ticket. I had to. I had to. I got to write it off. Um, and I was going to purchase my kids' um, flights with Miles. Yep. But guess what? No. December 1st starts the prime travel season down under because it becomes their summer when it becomes our winter. Uh-huh. So December 1st is the first you-can't-use-miles blackout date. That is literally the Sunday after Ossex Open. I, could, I can't leave on November 30th. I have to leave December 1st. It ruined my chance at miles. That cost me each of their tickets was $1,800. So that was nearly a, um, a $4,000 swing. Swings. <laughs> that, yes. But, first of all, crappy airline that you use. I don't have any blackout dates on my miles. None. Zero. No blackout. What are you dates. talking about? I have no blackout dates for miles. So you're saying you could fly to Australia for Christmas, have summertime Christmas right now, no problem. No problem. I mean, it's, it'd be pricey, but I could do it. Yes. Well, I mean, it would cost you a lot of miles. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. yeah, saying, yeah. But pricey. no problem. No. Yeah. I got blacked out. I was pissed off. I'm like, well, now the now I'm paying for four tickets when I thought I was going to pay for two. So that already set. Now I couldn't mentally recover. I think at that point. <laughs> that was that uh, was a big blow to the whole plan. It was a big blow. <laughs> so right, I should look at it like this. I need to look at it like this. Yes. I'm incapable. Yes, you need to. I got a three week mm-hmm. trip, mm-hmm. twenty one days, New Zealand and Australia with my family. Most people don't do this. And by the way, Steve, you and I, we have to remember how cool our jobs are. Yep. When I told my neighbor I was leaving, they're like. And you can get three weeks vacation from work. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, it is work. Yeah. Yeah. It's no <laughs> problem. Remember, right. Most people can't even, most people will not get three weeks away from their house mm-hmm. ever yeah. until they retire. So I need to keep all these positives in mind. But the bottom line is yes, I got a significant discount. A, I got paid to work. Yeah. B, I can write some of this off. Uh, it's going to cost me. Probably forty percent. I probably got sixty to seventy percent off of what this trip would cost me. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share what you're in the hole with, or no? Would you rather not? Because you, uh, you, you've shared I, you've I, shared the number with a lot of people. Yes, and even no, no, no I, I showed the credit card bill. I am. It, it's five thousand plus. It, it literally spent five thousand while there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, there's you know addition you know some hotels I mean, pay for yeah. in advance. But you so you, at five thousand plus, maybe six seven when it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, minus the money, no, plus the money that you made. Yes, yeah, the, yeah, whole yeah. the whole trip is whole, even beyond that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but the yeah. you're, if you discount the money you got paid for doing those two races, yeah. you're, you're five thousand yeah. dollars, or, or maybe a little it, bit yes. more. Maybe it's five or six. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I have to look at it like this. Right. I suppose if I tell people, would you bring your family to Australia, New Zealand for three weeks for five thousand dollars? Would everyone on earth say hell yeah? I think they would, and that's what the talk is. Like, why? So I'm good. Well, I know you're not good because you're you. <laughs> you this is but the... you're saying if a logical person, if you quiz someone <laughs> on the street right now, if you walk down to the Vegas Strip, yeah. and said for five thousand dollars you could bring your family to these two countries for three weeks, they would take five thousand. Yes, I believe they would for three weeks. Really? For the whole family? Yes. I spent, I spent four thousand dollars on a resort. With flights and the resort, 
for four nights in Cabo. I'm hanging up this phone right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's how much you're spending on these Cabo trips? Well, that no, the last one was that much because it was a really nice resort. We wanted to go. So, yeah, it was that was how much we spent. But you and JT are the only two people. Okay, yeah, we're not, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into no, that. No, sorry, but. wait, no, that's not what I meant. It's the only thing you and JT agree on. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, right. I thought you Cabo meant trips. I thought you meant about the idea of a of a vacation in the sun because you're also not down with that either. Now, yeah. what do you do there? Right. What do you do? Let's lay there. Yeah. Now, by the way, I, I I also, in addition, I did have the exchange rate significantly in your favor. on my side. Yeah, it's like thirty percent, right? Thirty. Right? Uh, yeah, about thirty-five. I think it's sixty-five cents to the dollar. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm getting part of it. I'm literally getting paid. Yeah. I get to write off a significant amount, which is, as I always say, write-offs mm-hmm. don't mean free, but you're reducing whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe my tax rate's twenty-eight percent, so I'm getting twenty-eight percent off. I'm getting an exchange rate on my side. Still not good enough, Steve. No, 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 no. The, I, the my again, the people down under are saying lots of complaining about prices. Lots of complaining oh. about pricing and uh, hotels and food, this sort of stuff from you down there. Yeah, well, you know what another problem <laughs> unable, is? This, unable to enjoy yeah. the vacation, people. Unable to there sit were times, back and enjoy. <laughs> there were significant times where I was unable to enjoy it. It is true, because <laughs> I just knew how much it was all costing me. Despite the write-offs, despite being paid to be there, despite the 35% advantage on exchange rate. Despite yeah. the smiles on your children's faces. Despite the I smiles know. Well, I had gotten all pumped up when I, dude, when I, when we fl- we landed in New Zealand and I exchanged the money and it was sixty five cents to the dollar. I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's thirty five percent off. Until you actually go to these places, everything costs more. So, in the end, it's about even. You know, mm-hmm. you're getting thirty percent off, but every meal costs thirty percent more. So all I can say is, if you're one of these poor people that actually makes your money in their dollars and has to pay more, oh. My God. And I mean, a quick meal out is going to cost you 60 to 80, where here it would cost yeah. 40 to 60, but they ain't getting the exchange rate like I am. No. Oh, these poor, poor uh, people. I, I, my heart bleeds for did, did the children the that make Australian dollars. Did the children enjoy the trip? They're old enough to, you know, to remember it, right? They're old enough to enjoy it. Did, did you? Did, uh, they did, yes. But the other problem is, honestly, there was two things that I was two headwinds I was facing. A five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's okay. big, very big. hard to get over. <laughs> yes, big, big one, big, big one. one. Second is this is such a gnarly trip. Uh, so much of the trip is just based on can we survive as opposed to can we enjoy it? You know, like are we going to make it? Are they going to just get homesick? Are they going to flip out? Are they going to melt down? How are we going to do uh, a 12 and a half and a 13 and a half hour flight? Uh, so there was always a sense of dread of what if they get homesick? What if yeah. they hate the food here? Something. Now, by the way, they hung in there. We did well. My, my daughter, she got a stomach bug. We had about three days off, I'd say, where she was under the weather. I'll take it. Like, it could have been so much yeah. worse. Yeah. But the specter of that was hanging over the whole time. Like, this isn't Disney World. <laughs> it's literally, it's not Disney World. Like, oh, this, is this is more great. of an adult just... trip. And by the way, if the kids weren't with us, you know, you want to, if you want to learn the culture, if you want to learn a foreign culture, you go to a damn bar or a pub yeah. and hang out with the locals. Go drinking with the locals. Yeah. But we couldn't Could, drink with the couldn't locals. Couldn't do that, right. No. So for my $5,000, I didn't get the whole experience, Steve. <laughs> what? Uh, it's, it's, actually, it's actually one place I've never been. I've never been down under. I had a chance to go. 
Really? Uh, yeah, you could have gone this year. I yeah, think. this year I turned down. Yareev from Penrite uh, was <laughs> offering me a flight, and uh, I turned him down. And I believe that Anton got that deal. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't get on another flight. I just Thanksgiving was I, – I just I couldn't do it. I just could Wait, not do it. Thanksgiving? Um, you, even ha- you don't even know what Thanksgiving uh, is. My wife does, unfortunately. Um, is it just you two? Yeah, it's just us. <laughs> Well, spend some of that damn money and bring her. Right. Well, I I will do that. Absolutely. I will do that, and we yeah. will enjoy it. And we have no child. We won't even bring the Basset Hound. We'll leave him here. Um, and then you can go to the bars and, and go to the locals. Yeah. Uh, we did. We had Thanksgiving uh, by time zone. 8 a.m. is uh, 8 a.m. Friday is 4 p.m. Thursday Eastern. Uh-huh. So we went out to Thanksgiving breakfast on Friday morning. Oh, um, okay. No one there had any clue like they didn't even think it was funny they had no idea what the hell we were talking about <laughs> uh but what is interesting is they have now adopted black friday oh they have oh, they, okay they probably yeah. don't even know why they, right. they most of the stores told us it's been about three years now that they've had black friday uh-huh. and i'm like well it's logical for us it's like everyone was off the day after thanksgiving why not spend it christmas shopping it became a thing they don't know what thanksgiving is they're like why is this random date yeah. You know, why? Yeah. Why is it Friday, November twenty yeah. sixth? What the yeah. hell's that got to do with it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any yeah. sense in the grand scheme of things for them. Right. Nope. But it's a thing. Um. Yeah. Once again, though, uh, you've now you've you've been to Bercy before, way back in the day, and and yeah. uh, so it's not like you haven't been to uh, these races, but how they're a lot of fun, and you know, um, John Knowles, our buddy John Knowles from Scott Goggles, who. Off the air, I will tell you some of the epic rants he had that he'll do nothing ever about. He'll never do anything <laughs> no, about these no. about, about these people no. or, nope. or problems he has, but they were yeah. epic. I'll tell you guys about it later. But anyways, uh, yes. our buddy John Knowles hasn't been overseas for a race like this forever. And uh, like he, he does his nations, but he's working his balls off, right? That's what he does. That's all John Knowles mm-hmm. does at the races. It's just work, 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 work. But he was there. He went to Paris, and he went to Geneva. And he must have told me ten times why again that – He's like, this is cool, man. Everyone's so laid back. This is cool. You're just hanging out. I don't ever get to hang out with these guys. I'm always working and just ch- running around, and I'm like, yeah. Like, once again, well, again and, and we've said it before, like, these races, whether it's Australia or whether it's Geneva and Paris, like, everyone's buddies, lots of bench racing. You really get to hang out with these riders and, and, and mechanics and everybody else. It's such a casual vibe. Yeah, and that literally is going to be the theme of uh, the story I'm writing for the magazine. I've, I've written some stories online and mm-hmm. done some other podcasts and stuff already, but that is the theme of the magazine story. And uh, yeah, I already knew that. It's yep. so weird when I was um, texting with uh, Ben, who's Chad Reed's mechanic, about Paris, because they were there. Yep. Uh, it was so confused. I'm like, hey, so now that it's in Paris and not Bercy, do you all stay in the same hotel and like all eat together? And I'm sure he was like... What the hell does that got to do with anything? But to me, that is everything. The hangout, staying, traveling, eating uh, together is really what makes these events. And by the way, there's some racing. Yeah. But And uh, everyone commented on it. Yes, uh, Savachi and Anderson. Uh, these races actually have even more of that because there is a part of the funding of both New Zealand and Australia races that comes from the tourism department from each yeah. country. So to get that money, they have to take the riders and, and the media – on wherever the tourism department tells them to go on Thursday. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah. hence the photo of you with a sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jason Anderson had to shear a sheep, and Brayton had to work the farm uh, for the tourism board, and then they'll make videos of this, and they'll put it on their social feeds. So it's forced hangout, and by the end of the day, I remember talking to both Savachi and Anderson, who 
way back were teammates. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess that's remember, right. They, hey, remember Savachi came on your show as Anderson? Yes. They were teammates? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that was, uh, what team was that? Uh, J-Star. KQ? Was it, Wasn't it K-Star? I think, no, J-Star folded and then Savachi, I think, came over to went, Rockstar. Went to KTM? I don't know. No, because they wouldn't have been KTM then. No. Or maybe, maybe they were. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they dude. were KTM then. I don't know. They were teammates. We remember this. And they're both like basically saying, yeah, we used to be buddies. We used to be teammates. Now we're down on the same team. I never see him. I forgot. I forgot. Like, you're cool. Yeah. I'm cool. Hey, we should hang out more. And that is the theme of all these events. Everyone hangs out together yeah. in, in ways they don't ever in the United States. And by the time we got to Australia, it was like a running joke. Like, it ain't going to be like this in January. It's yeah. not going to be like this in January. I'm not going to talk to you like this in January. It's the best part of these events is the hanging out. And it's so dumb that we have to travel literally halfway around the world to do it. Yeah. But, hey, if John Knowles, I could, I thought he was being sarcastic on no. the text the other night. No, no, no. No, he loved it. He loved wow. it. He, he just, he kind of forgot or, or whatever. Because obviously in these races, the Scott, the goggle prep isn't really needed. Here, here's some goggles, you know, here's three tear offs right. and, and you're good to go. Right. So, so his yep. work is done early. And, and then he just literally hangs out like, uh, hopefully nobody from Scott's listening to this, but at some point he's in the stands drinking beer. You know, so <laughs> that's not happening. In, no, in no, 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 no. And and then at some point in Geneva this weekend, I'm talking to Brayton and Duff and Lars over in their pit. Barsha's not far away, and I call him over to we're bench racing about 250 guys, and I call Barsha over, and he comes over, and he just sits down on the on the cement floor, just sits down. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and um, so he's doing that, and then Mookie comes over. Because Mookie's great. Mookie's amazing, yeah. by the way. He's just he's so yeah. much fun. Mookie comes over, and everybody is talking. And Knowles, we, they left, we, or we left, and Knowles is like, dude, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, bro, that's, that's off-season races. <laughs> like, right there. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Like, okay, so technically you're in the Honda pit. You're in yeah. the Duff pit. Yeah, I'm pit. in the Duff, Duff pit, right. Right. So look, Barsha can't come over there to the Honda Semi at no. a Supercross yeah. and hang out. But the pit is just their bikes, a toolbox, and what? Some steel fencing? Yeah, like, exactly. A banner, yeah. Right. So banners, yeah. So, right. So if Barsha wants to come over there and sit on the floor and hang out. And uh, and the other thing is, look, the, not only is there more downtime, but no one is taking these races as seriously. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think if any of us, and, and that this is so dumb to include us with the racers, but I think we all feel when you're at a race, whether you're the guy building the goggles, whether you're covering a race like we are, or I'm doing TV, or you're the racer, the ones that count are like, dude, if I spend an hour on Saturday just bench racing, like that's probably – I need to be doing something. Yeah. I need to be doing something. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't waste that time. But at yeah. these races, it's never taken as seriously. So I think the riders are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I can hang out for an hour. Yeah. And if I get second or third in the race, I'm not going to look back at that hour and say – Oh my God! It ruined my career. Why did I? No. Why wasn't I on the exercise bike? And, and Brayton made a comment in Geneva about, yeah, I got to hang out with Anderson. I mean, I, him and I don't really, you know, we don't really yeah. get. Along. And there I was hanging out with him. And, and then Brayton said, and even Bam Bam, him and I got into it. And Bam's cool. We're just hanging out. And I'm like, so Brayton was just like, yeah, these guys that I normally battle with and maybe don't have the most respect for because of things they do on the track, they're 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 cool guys, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I would love to say that this is the cure for world peace, and when we all come back together, 
uh, in January, it'll change, but oh, it won't. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's, no. it's right back to where it was. Yeah, for sure. No. Um, the riders will be at each other's throats. They yeah. will not be able to go visit each other in the pits. No. Knowles will be pissed off at everything on Earth while he's working his balls off. <laughs> right, right. And I'll feel like if I go 15 minutes without doing something that is, you know, content or work-related, yeah. I'm probably wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. that way, right? Um, yeah. But it is it is a cool vibe. There's no doubt. It is a, it is a cool vibe. Um. Chad Reed, let's talk about well, talk about bro time. Chad Reed, um, how was he down under? How how was that whole thing? How how was Chad Reed? Uh, it was it was spectacular. I, I it's unfortunate, by the way, that New Zealand is the first race because the New Zealand race is good, but the Aus X Open is really their thing. It's right. an Australian company. The event is bigger. The stadium's better. So it was almost like you do the very first race when you first get there. And then the majority of the trip, you're reflecting on how the racing went based on the one that's the second best one. And then at the very last night you're there, you're at Aussex Open, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I will say that Aussex Open uh, was run as well and was as good a production show, whatever you want yeah. to call it, as any race I've ever been to. It you're, is the second, so... you're the second guy that's told me that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. It's, it's so well done. It, it will, Because, Steve, look, we, we say this all the time, like, Hey, we can bust on Feld, we can bust on MX Sports, blah, blah, blah. But there are certain things that you and I know you you don't take for granted that you just bring some dirt into a stadium and a bunch of people are going to show up and the thing is going to go awesome. Like there are mm-hmm. there is something to be said for 40 to 50 years of experience. We've been to Jakey races. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We've been to Jakey races. Look, you and I had fun in Hawaii. That was not a Monster Energy <laughs> Supercross. We were no. We we were figuring wow. it. Everything was being figured out as it happened. For one, we were announcing. That's the clue number one. Well, f- yeah. that's the start. Right. Uh, announcing freestyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, like we love Eric Bernard. He does an awesome job. But you could tell that event was. We don't know. We haven't done it. Right. It's new. Yeah. We don't know the building yep. people. Um, the dirt. Like we're just trying to figure it out. Our Bulgaria. I went to Bulgaria a few years ago. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. There you go. Right. Yeah. And it's it's just. When you have a crew full-time that's dedicated to one thing and one thing only for decades, mm-hmm. uh, it makes it look easier than it is. So I'm used to going to other events and being like, ah, good job, but uh, it right. gives you appreciation for the people that do it full-time. But you could not tell the difference. Really? For huh? doing this so, yeah. event once yeah. a year, you would swear this is round 15 of 17. It's really well done. And oh, then good. it brings me back to the Chad thing. Yeah. Chad was in New Zealand. You know, He had a contract to ride it. He was hurt from Paris. He gave it a old college try didn't work out very well so when we got to australia uh his bike actually wasn't working on press day and i actually he was sitting down and i was like i just thought he was hurt and was just pulling the plug in the whole thing i'm like you just calling it you're just not gonna ride he's like no no i'm good my bike just doesn't work today but i'll race tomorrow oh yeah and he's like australia is different i always show up for this race i always bring it either if i'm hurt yeah and i just thought yeah whatever that's what he's saying so we have to do all these interviews for their TV shows mm-hmm. and their videos. So they had me do a lot of them because they know I have a you know better rapport, I guess, with yeah. these writers than they do. So I'm asking Chad these questions. His answers are great. And then they're like, oh, one more thing, Chad. You got to do that opening ceremonies video you wanted to do, which I didn't know was he was going to use his opening ceremonies video to announce that he is going to retire. Now, look, you and I know that announcing you're going to retire seven months from now <laughs> – doesn't seem that like that big a deal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It wasn't his. He's not saying that tonight is the last time I'll ever race. Yeah. He's saying I'm going to race all the way through May. Yep. And then, by the way, I'll probably be back next year in an exhibition, or maybe I'll even still race. Like, yeah. For, for anyone, this wouldn't be a big announcement, but this is Chad, mm-hmm. who 
has essentially spent, what, the last 10 years fighting off the idea of retiring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We always think, I mean, you said, what, 2010 was going to be his last year uh, in America? Uh, easy, bro. I think. Uh, right. Uh, 2000, no, it was nine. No, I think it was 2010. No, bro. 2010, yeah. Yeah, I, yes. yeah. when he rolled off a of Millville, that could be it. Yeah. yeah. That could be it, everybody. <laughs> On the cow, yeah. Right. Uh, so, put that up with the, uh, with the Cujo stew thing. Right. right. Some bad takes. Yeah. But the point is, yeah. every single person that has thought about Chad Reed over the last 10 years has at some point thought, hey, I wonder if or when he's going to retire. Yeah. Except him. Yeah. So for him to say those words, he's like, oh, this is going to get emotional. But yes, I need to shoot this video and we're going to play it at opening ceremonies. And then lo and behold, I look. He is crying. Really? Yeah. 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 And then he has to put a speech together. And I'm like, I know how hard this is. Like, you can't just. Chad's good, but he's not a professional public speaker. He's not a stand up comedian. He's not just going to whip together an epic speech while crying. But he did. Yep. It was like the most epic four minute, maybe five minute long speech while crying about his journey, the fans, Mm -hmm. Australia. And I'm like, wow, it is different. Like, it is different being in Australia. And here's the other thing. We know Chad well. We followed his career as closely as anyone could ever follow it. But there is this whole young Australia segment that most people don't even know about. Like, if you ask me what Chad Reed did before he went to the GPs, I don't know. I'm yeah. like, I guess he yeah. raced. Yeah, him he and Ber- fast. Well, I saw him and Burner raced XR 600s. I saw a video. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we did see, I think, at Timmy's. Timmy's house. Oh, was it? That. Okay, yeah. 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 I know they did that uh, together. That was about it. They, they had XR 600s. That's all I got. <laughs> right. Right. So then, like, uh, Lee Hogan, uh, who is the Daniel Blair of the TV shows there, was telling stories. He's like, yeah, I was maybe the top guy, and then Chad was 16, turned pro, and he's, like, battling us, and we're like, what is up with this kid? Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought, I, I, I thought uh, yeah. Lee Hogan's story was going to be like, Chad just parked me. He didn't even care. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think it was Lee Hogan and um, Craig Anderson, who's Chad's cousin. Oh, I yeah. I think maybe, yeah. maybe were the top guys, and then Chad, like, the day he turned pro was, like, battling them. And I had never heard these stories. So I think Chad hearing this stuff, these are 20-some-year-old stories now. Yeah, yeah. Chad's getting all these people being like, hey, remember when we were 12, we were 15, we were 16, doing this, doing that. I think that only added to his uh-huh. emotion of yeah, like, yeah. wow, right. this is all coming to an end. Uh-huh. Uh, it, was, it was spectacular. And one other thing, uh, I don't know what it's like in Paris and Geneva, but when the riders are asked to do stuff like this, do these speeches, do these interviews, uh, go on these tourist trips, they're like, yeah, what do you need? Whatever you need. You need more? You need me to do more, less, whatever you want. Yeah. Like they yeah, are, yeah. And I don't know if that's just because they're getting paid or yeah, because they're I more think, relaxed. I, think I don't know. I think it's the first part. I think it's the first okay. part. Because, <laughs> you know, Geneva and Paris, uh, I've been there many years, and the, the riders are the same way. There's no purse money for these guys, right, when they go there. There's no. I don't know if Australia and New Zealand was like that. But Geneva, so. Geneva, Paris, yeah. no purse money. Um, there was $4,000 on the line for this dual races in Geneva this past weekend. Um, I don't even know if it was four thousand dollars, four thousand Swiss francs. I don't know, but that was it. Everyone else, no matter how you finished, that's you. You got your money. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you make your money by doing what the promoter needs you to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's very happy to do whatever you need to do. And uh, Seven Deuce Deuce, yes, didn't really know he was going to rap on top of a tabletop in Geneva for oh. halftime, but he they did oh. it. He did it. So, can we talk about that real quick? Yeah, I couldn't believe. My Saturday was great. I took my kid to the motocross track for the first time. Mm-hmm. Came back just in time for, I thought, you know, for the mains. But right before that, yeah. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. <laughs> Seven deuce deuce rapping as halftime. Yeah, people dug it. 
People dug it. People got into it. I don't know. I was also sitting was there good. going, I was sitting there going, is that, is that Seven Deuce Deuce on top of a tabletop wrapping? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because I kind of walked into it halfway the first night. Right. I, I was in shock. Um, but I have to say, kind of like Reed having to bust this speech out while crying, it's one thing to be like, hey, Chad's done a million interviews. It's yeah. another thing to say, hey, Adam Enignap does, you know, he makes music and he puts them on iTunes. But there is a huge difference between saying, now while crying, give the speech of your life. Or now go out in the in middle your of gear. a stadium. In your gear. In your gear. T- yeah. And do it live. Right. Uh, it is different. Yeah. Uh, and I respect both of them. They yeah. actually handled it. Right. Um, so, yeah, so Chad was Chad was a hit, and that, and that was good. Did, did anybody get to ride outside of Brayton? Did anybody get to ride in between the races? Well, Savachi and Anderson just came back. They went back. Oh, they did? Okay. Um, yeah, right. they, yeah, they went back. I mean, honestly. Oh, that's right. Savachi was on the Pulp Show, yeah, when he was back in Florida. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so they went back and forth. The travel isn't even that bad. They have it down pretty well. Like Anderson and Savachi both said, well, at least Anderson did. I think Anderson rode in California, like on a Tuesday, and then went to the airport. And then you just fly overnight. You sleep on that flight. And then you uh, get right. there. You, okay. you would get there what's Wednesday, but you lose a whole day time zone-wise. Yeah. So he lands Thursday. Um, so they really only lose, like, say, one day of riding at home. Maybe they would have ridden on Thursday, and instead he raced over the weekend. So they don't even they got yeah. it down pretty well. Um, and with the time, cho- time zone change of the way back, you land at – I mean, California, you can land at 6 in the morning on Sunday. Yeah. So yep. um, pretty good. So I guess the big bummer was Joey Savacci. So as if JGR – didn't have the anvil falling on them enough. Uh, just in case, in case you were wondering about JGR and Suzuki and everything else, and uh, Joey uh, eats crap and ankle or heel or something, and he's going to be out a while. And that's the real. Bu- that's a. You don't want to wish injury on anybody, but that was a real bad one for, for a real bad situation for Joey, for the team, for Suzuki, and everything. And good God, those guys—they can't catch a break. Yeah, and I think you're the only one that even caught this angle from a year ago. They obviously had huge struggles um, in 2019. I don't think Hill quite performed as as mm. hoping. Do you think? Mm. You think? Right. I don't think so. No. By the I, way, up, no. update on Justin Hill and I uh, after Paris and Geneva, where the races that he was at. Oh, okay. He's not a fan. Oh, He's not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't really? think I don't think him and I will be discussing many things in upcoming season. So. How does this come across? Does he tell you this, or you hear about it, or what? Uh, the fact that he doesn't speak to me when I oh, speak okay. to him, <laughs> yeah, is one. I don't know. I don't know if it's any one thing. I mean, uh, maybe it's just a general Hill Brothers anti math. I mean, I don't. I hate taking this is what haunted Malcolm Stewart for years, right? Assuming, well, James is hard to work with, so Malcolm probably is. So I don't want to just assume yeah. because Josh Hill once kicked you out of a monster party. That maybe the Hill brothers mm, are I, united in being anti-Mathis, but it could be a factor. Uh, I just think it was criticizing his performance, which was rightfully needed to be criticized. Uh, but and, anyways, but so anyway, so um, uh, that's disappointing. So JGR, and yeah, yeah. So oh yeah. right. So my point is, you were one of the few people that pointed out last year. He's like that. You said you're like what really sucks for JGR is they were supposed to have Pike. That's their solid guy. That's yeah. their guy that was going to deliver top fives make them look solid every weekend. They, now they had to rely solely on Hill. Reed was okay, but then Reed eventually got hurt, and they had no one for outdoors. If they had Pike all season, may, I don't know if they're going to win races, yeah, but it would have yeah. made the whole season look better. Yep. 
Uh, but they lost Pike at Paris, and then he was gone. I feel so early, like that's t- almost two months before the season starts. I, I feel like by the time we were at Anaheim, people forgot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They right. don't even they have. They're supposed to have a top five guy, which Pike is. Yeah. When Honda loses Roxon, the whole year is, ah, oh, poor Honda. They don't have Roxon. Yeah. You know, if yeah. Cowie loses Tomac, oh, poor Cowie. They don't have Tomac. No one was saying, poor JGR. They don't have Pike. Right. I know Pike isn't Roxon Tomac level. But he was still their main guy. He's their main guy, yes. yes. Right. So that made their season look worse. Uh, so, right. They, I'm sure, were thinking about that for a year. And then what happens again? They get screwed with the overseas <laughs> international race. Yeah. And you know, behind the scenes, you and I know, how hard it was to finally get this to happen. Yeah. Finally get Savachi signed. Finally yep. get the money from Suzuki. Finally put it together. And then what? Three weeks later. Oh. Done. Bummer. And he, and he was in Paris. I saw him and talked to him in Paris, and he wrote well, and he looked good. Like, I thought he looked good and, and all of that. And then, yeah, just just disaster. I just oh, feel, feel sorry for Coy and J-Bone and the guys, for sure. Um, I talked to J-Bone about it, and he yep. said, the problem is we know we don't pay these guys what the guys used to pay get paid. He's yep. like, you know, when you're paying guys millions of dollars, you can say, nah, you got to skip these races. But we're paying riders these days so little in comparison mm-hmm. You almost got to let them take these paydays. You got to let them do yeah, it. Yep. Um, That's the risk you take. A couple yep. of people have told me that we're down there how cool Anderson was. And how yep. almost like they they went into it looking at Anderson like he was this bloodthirsty tiger that if you got near him was going to bite your head off and, and all the things Anderson's done on the track and, and everything else. And then two people have told me like, dude, he was cool, man. He was cool. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. What There's a couple factors here. Uh, the whole weekend, especially Australia, a little bit New Zealand, really became this celebration, and I've written about this, of guys getting older and getting a true appreciation for what they're doing. Now, Anderson is only 26, but he's like, I've grown up so much in the last year, getting hurt last year. And, and uh, there was a Thursday night at the bar at New Zealand where all of us were really hammered. Um I will tell you that Chad said, I can't, Langston did these uh, TV shows for a few years. Mm -hmm. And at one point in the weekend, Chad says, I can't believe we downgraded from Langston to you. You wouldn't even come out with us. And I said, (laughs) but I did. I was, I was there. I stayed till one 30. That's not going out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not Chad Reed standards. Right. That GL and Chad Reed standards. No, no. Right. Right. It was supposed to be five, 6 a.m. I think at least five. If you don't stay out till five, you didn't even go out. We downgraded to you. Right. Right. Chad told me this story. You might have been there that year. He's like, I think Langston and I ruined Shorty's career because we were hammered all weekend in Paris, but we beat him in every race. Oh, Uh, yeah. I don't might have killed Shorty. I don't remember them beating him every race, but I do remember that weekend. And there was, yeah, there was a potted plant incident at back at the hotel. There was, there was a bar incident. Yeah, there was. Yep, yep. I remember that. Maybe they didn't beat. I don't know if Chad said beat him in every race, but they yeah. beat him. I guess overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, they. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Like Shorty's sure team Honda they, trying they, his balls off. They were basically, chance. they were basically the yeah. Blues Brothers all weekend. Chad and then GL, like it was. <laughs> It was great. So, um, uh, oh, yeah. so getting back to that. Yeah, yeah. So at one point, even um, there's like growing down of the track, which we're saying you don't normally get to do. And then there even was the one night out going out. Um, yeah. And dude, yeah, Anderson, as I've always said, is a lot smarter than he lets on. Mm-hmm. He, he's got this loose program rep that he carries, but it's a lot more calculated. Than yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-uh, you're not doing team fraud on accident. Um, but he explained to me that, you know, like two years ago, like he was trying to take it seriously and trying to do it, you know, the right way. And he was kind of burnt out and over it. And then 
he, like every other rider there, but the rest of these guys are in their 30s. Brayton, Chad, yeah. uh, Josh Hill has come back. Dan Reardon talked about it, who's come back from retirement. They're all like, they've all come to the conclusion of, wait, I actually like dirt bikes. I actually get paid yeah. to do stuff with dirt bikes. Wow. I should enjoy this. I should be happy. I should be happy to do these things that people are asking me to do. They've all come to yeah. that point. I don't know if 22-year-old Anderson was like that, but 26-year-old Anderson, 100%, whatever anybody needed, super cool, I, he gets it. I never yeah. got the whole I uh, the pressure of winning the Supercross title last year. I just never got that. I never never understood him talking mean, about uh, that and all the obligations and everything. The obligations. <laughs> yeah, just give me a break. But that's cool. No, I mean, that's awesome. Like, that's – and – for on on the Paris and Geneva side, well, Barsha and I have made up. You know, it's been a year or so, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dude, he's he's rad. Like Barsha's cool. He's like, yep. bro, my contract is up. Like I gotta get it done. Like I gotta make things wow. happen. You know, um, just honest. You know, he, he made a, made jokes about uh, how he used to run into people, but that's because he needed glasses. You know, and now he's got glasses and he's better. <laughs> like he he was just. He was very relaxed. He won Paris. He uh, he didn't have as good a Geneva as he wanted to, but he was so relaxed over the two weekends. Just, yeah, really, really. Well, again, you know. Barsha's older now. I think yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like they need to, they all around, let's say, between the age of, say, 24, 25-ish, I think they all start to get into this burnout phase of like, hey, this is all I've ever done. Yeah. I missed out on a lot in life. I would have been cool if I went to high school and got to go to a prom. I wish I could go out partying with my buddies. Yep. Uh, yep. Have I sacrificed too much for this? And then sometimes we lose them all together. I know there's a long form story that you plan on working on with a rider who went through this big time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to almost all of them. And a couple of guys like RV, they just quit. Um, but I always feel like if you can get them through, through that, that. You, yeah, yeah. You break through that yeah. side, you break through that little thing and then you end up in really enjoying the second half. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, Villapoto's right. not racing anymore, but yeah. we see how much he enjoys being involved <laughs> he, He's now. everywhere. We can't get rid of the guy. No, he's, yeah. the, all the stuff that he probably would have hated to do, he yeah. now likes. Yeah. Same for Anderson, same for Brayton, same for Chad. Yep. You just got to get enough years on you yeah. to appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I got that report that Anderson was way cool, way rad from a few guys that, that were around that, that him those two races. So that's cool. That's good to see, you know. Um, uh, I will throw in, though, I will throw in. That it helps Anderson that, look, I feel like we're at the point, I don't want to talk partying in Temecula here, but it's like if you're not down with Team Fried, you're not cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody knows that Team Fried is where it's at. So I right. think everybody wants to be cool with Anderson. So they're down Maybe with Team Fried. Vid- Dude, Ricky Carmichael has won 150 races and 15 AMA National Championships, but I believe he was just as hungry to be able to say he appeared in a Team Fried video. I forgot. He was so determined to Rick, be part of Team Fried. I forgot Ricky was down there. So how was that? How was that whole thing with Ricky and, and, and all everything uh, well, else? Well, that just uh, that added to the whole thing I'm saying here. Um, yeah. He said a lot about I should have done these races when I was racing. He did? Which, he really said yeah, that? Yeah, he did. And I've I've joked with him and RV about it. They they I feel like they say some things. I'm like, dude, it's so easy for you to look back 10 years, 15 years, and say you should have. Like, when we had that live show at Donations at Redbud, and eventually it was me, RV, and, and Carmichael. For some reason, I think when Carmichael was there, I don't know if you were. I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't that, remember that. No. I don't know how that worked. But they're busting on the riders for, like, keeping secrets and being too serious. And I'm like, you two are the worst. 
Yeah. Like, of all people, <laughs> RC, you're going to be like, why are these guys so secretive about everything? I'm like, you wouldn't even let people ride with you. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. You're right. He booted so Yogi. Like, he booted Yogi. Like, hey, we're in the same right, class. Got, you got to go. Like, Yogi's so, like, what? <laughs> yeah. So my point is, I think it's easy for him at 40 years old to be like, yeah. I should have done Paris. I right. should have done Geneva. I should have done it. But I don't know if he could have done that and had the success. Yeah. What, whatever they did, it worked. Yeah. I think it's easy revisionist history to say, well, I could have done that and been cooler with the fans and gone to more races. Um, right. But now looking back, right. uh, yeah, he's um, awesome. And Carmichael, they work like a mule because as much as they use <laughs> they the riders. like for, a mule. <laughs> oh, they do. I mean, look, the riders that are racing have to do a lot. Yeah. But RC is even more. It's like you got to meet the media at 6 a.m. So, and go to this station and go to this radio station. Like this, he's there to be an uh, ambassador. And it's 24, well, not 24-7, but yeah. probably 24-3. This is awesome yeah. because I have this written down as a topic to talk about. This is so such a good segue. I was going to go into commercial after this, but I have to get this out now. Um, right. Why is Ricky so damn busy? And I don't really, we don't have a great relationship, him and I, but I would ask him this. Huh. If I could, I would ask him this. Dude, like I obviously, obviously we know he went through a divorce, right? I think that's pretty public knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. But he still has so much money, I would guess. But dude, that guy grinds. Like yes. I, I, I don't know why. I would ask him if I spoke with him, or can you ask him for me? Can you say, "Hey, Matt, okay. this is, why are you grinding so much?" The guy, seriously, he's on the road. He's away from his family. He's he's got so much money. Does he? He does all the TV. Like I can't figure that out for Ricky. Like I'm I, obviously he loves it, but I, again, like RV, I would I'm surprised. I'm surprised how much he works, man. No, I'm with you. Uh, and a good example is when we have this race at Daytona every year. Uh, you know, we everybody pulls the all-nighter. Everybody's at the race Saturday night, and then everybody's at the track again at like 5.30 in the morning Saturday or mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Yeah. And that includes RC. Yeah. Like, yeah. he could roll out of the motorhome at 11.30 Sunday afternoon, and who's he's he's not in charge of building the track. No, no. Yeah. Somebody, he doesn't have to get in a dozer, yep. but he still does it. So I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's... There's a fear of, dude, if I get bored, that's where you start doing dumb stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, but he, he's on it, man. He balls off at these races. Yeah, he yeah, does. They do. yeah. Uh, I asked him, by the way, it, when, dude, this was, I'm, I'm not kidding. This conversation kept getting brought up about being an ambassador and being older and appreciating it and wanting to do these things mm-hmm. that you didn't used to want to do. And at one point, he said he had great mentors. And I honestly figured he meant, you know, he's got some NASCAR connections. He raced for a while. And I thought he meant those guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's been around NASCAR. He knows how the game is played. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so who are some of these mentors? Is it your buddy? He's really tight with Kevin Harvick, mm-hmm. so I thought maybe him. Yeah. And he's like, honestly, it's Fro. And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, Fro is the best at every autograph he signs. He makes that fan feel like he's really got time for them. He's like, behind the scenes, off the camera, like, Fro is the coolest guy dealing with people. And he's like, I learned a lot from him about you know, just mm-hmm. being genuine with people and giving them time and not looking like, I don't want to be here. I wish I wasn't doing this. Uh, he uh, learned from Fro. So uh, another guy got older, yeah, got better at it. I, I agree with that on Fro. Fro. Fro's awesome. Yeah, that part of it. Yeah. Fro's great. Yeah, Fro's um, great. Yep. Uh, Racer X, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Jason Wygant, uh, flyracing.com. Please visit your local dealer. Check him out. Uh, Fly Racing, the official gear of Zach Osborne, who we will talk about in a second, even though he was at none of these races. And uh, also Maxxis Tires, MXST, used by Alex Ray now in 2020. A-Ray, Maxxis Rider. 
Yeah. Mm. And uh, Alpine Stars as well. Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. I want to thank the Alp, uh, Race Tech guys as well. Racetech.com. Get your motor work done. Get your suspension service. Pulp 19 is a code to save. Zombie Chris Blos uses Race Tech. You know who else uses Race Tech this weekend in Geneva? Michael Lessie. Had Race Tech on his bike. Uh, Racetech.com. Please check them out for, for more information. And uh, more with Jason Wygant here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. So we'll wrap this up here in a little bit. Um, last year... At Paris, my takeaway was watch out for Zach Osborne, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sprayed with pump. Yeah. So much pump. So much pump. He was great, and I was happy, and then he got hurt. And I don't know, unbiasedly, we, did he hit the heights when he came back in Supercross that I kind of made it to be? One, one time, New Jersey. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He could have, should have won New Jersey. He was able to go toe-to-toe with everybody. Uh, I believe secretly, I can never reveal all the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach was able to say, uh, you know, I got her and then coming back midseason. Uh, I believe there was a bike problem um, between those offseason races and when Anaheim rolled around. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get the bike back to where they needed it until late in Supercross. Because, yeah. look, Anderson's first three races were not good. Yeah. Uh, well, he could have well, he could have should have won uh, Glendale. Yeah. yeah, he was on Glendale. But um, round one and three were terrible. Um so I think we never really, besides New Jersey, we we for bike and injury yeah. reasons, so, yes, we never got to see that Zach. Okay, so I took that away from last year's off-season races. Uh, what did you take away from these two races for for the 2020 Supercross season, if anything? And I have one thing that I took away. Okay, uh, I am. This will be very disappointing, but I'm going to take nothing um, from them. I mean, Anderson was the fastest guy. He won New Zealand. He won two of the three mains mm-hmm. in um, in Australia. But he did not win the overall because, one more thing on the Chad Reed topic, that, <laughs> that prideful, stubborn, unkillable, undefeated <laughs> son of a bitch started second behind Anderson, and for three quarters of a lap, he, he was able to find it, summon it up, and then... Came to whoops, and I mean, it doesn't matter if Chad reads 37, 27, 17, or probably age 7, and 47, probably. Yeah. He rode it up the inside, and he blocked past Anderson and put him down on the ground. And I'm like, he only it was only eight-tenths of a lap. Yeah. But for that eight-tenths, he could go to, I mean, is Anderson's right there with the best in the world in Supercross, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. throw a blanket yep. over Anderson, Tomac, Webb, Roxon, yeah. whatever. Chad could match him for one lap. Block pass him, take the lead, and then Anderson only got seventh in that one. Okay, Anderson was the best guy. But look, he didn't dominate like you think. Like, he had to battle. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. And he was a little bit faster than Brayton, but it wasn't ridiculous. Like, he passed Brayton in the second race, and then Brayton kind of hung with him. So it would be really easy, actually, for me right now to be like, oh, man, he didn't win by enough. He didn't dominate enough. But, bro, these are off-season races. Yeah. It's different dirt. I I read nothing, nothing. not one thing um, into it at all. Couple things. I love the fact that Anderson said, "Well, he kind of owed me one," meaning Vegas a couple years ago, right? I don't remember that, but uh, oh, they but did. Chad was going to win. Chad was going to win the final round. The year Dungey won the title. The year the bunching of the bunching. Oh my God! Why did I forget that? Yes, yes. Remember, Anderson oh, just went straight. Bunching. Anderson just went straight yes. and took down two two. That's right. Yeah. I actually saw Ellie Reed. 
uh, and her, I met her sister actually. Oh yeah, I yeah. think they were in a suite I've, right I've, next to our broadcast. I've met her. Booth. Yeah, I met her a few times. You met the sister. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. She's been over. Yeah. So I emerged from the broadcast booth at the end of the night, and they're right there coming out of their suite. So she introduced me to the sister. As soon as I say hi, the sister's like, "Your voice. I know your voice. The Chad clip. I'm like the Chadapult." She's like, "That's it. I've heard your voice yeah. a million times." Yeah. The Millville crash. Right. Yeah. So Ellie's. Emotional, and she's getting to hang on with her family. And Chad's announced he's going to retire, and he wrote awesome. So she's sky high, pumped up on everything. Yeah. And then she does mention how there was some owed payback that her dad yeah, yeah. remembers and she remembers. And I'm like, what the hell are they? T-? So they all knew for sure. Yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. And Anderson admitted it. Like, ah, he probably owed me one. So I like that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Second of all, um, uh, oh, I was going to say, do you, did you like the shorter Joker lane? I like that. Those races. That's uh, cool. Awesome. That's a great awesome. idea. I love it. Yes, and way better. Chad took it easy. Uh, thirdly, Brayton, your guy Brayton, came in trailing by one point. He's never been challenged like this in this Aussie Super in pre- three previous years. He's never had this much heat on him. Uh, he yeah. was down by one coming in. Of course, he won the overall. Did you reenact the Daytona moment at all? Uh, I couldn't get down on the floor, so I couldn't. I couldn't hug. I, I was. I will forever be. The first to ever hug him after he went yeah. to Supercross. Yes. I was first. Yes, you were. Um, no cool. one can beat me Cooler to that. was second. <laughs> yeah, Cooler was second. I'm sure somewhere along the way he got a hug from his wife. But I beat everybody to it. And yep. yes, I have a TV monitor on this stage. So I did know that it would be seen on camera uh, <laughs> for the benefit of those listening to the show. So, But yeah. uh, no, and unfortunately, when I finally did get down there, I wanted to catch Chris Blose, who I know some have said Blose can't win. But he did. Oh, here we go. He, All right. He, some he said won that. the title. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, someone said that. He, he won the title. I'm interviewing him, and Brayton walks by. So all we could do is exchange a quick high five. Oh, yeah. Because I was busy right. interviewing, and they had to go get photos taken with the team. Yeah. Uh, but, but you got a high five out, yeah. of, out, of situ- out of your guy coming up on top, coming through. So I, I think both of us, you know, we looked each other in the eye. And I think we have an understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, look, man, you got your Australia people. Yeah. We will be back in North Carolina together. Yep. And we will have our time. You know. <laughs> North Carolina holding all the Supercross titles right now, by the way. I just, oh, yeah. Domination. Yeah. Phil Nicoletti, Cooper Webb, and Justin Brighton. <laughs> just North, South America, North America, Australia. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Yep. Um, um, you, it was a real lesson, by the way, in. Uh, Luke Clout was points leader in the yeah. 450 class over yeah. Brayton, and Josh Osby was points leader yeah. over Blos. And honestly, like, look, dude, how many times do we go into a finale being like, oh, the pressure's yeah. on, anything yeah, can yeah, happen, yeah. and nothing happens? Yeah. But I have to say, Blos and Brayton, who are old as crap, yeah. have been through it before. Mm-hmm. They rode perfect. You, yep. They rode probably better with the pressure on. Can- and Osby and Clout crashed and crashed and crashed yeah. and crashed and crashed. It seemed like that. It seemed like those guys, they, yeah. Well, Osby had some bike problems, some bike issues, I guess. Some, I don't know if that had something to do with it, but yeah. It in one like, of the races, yeah. But right. he did the, the previous two. Right. Um, you could just tell Blows is like, I know yeah. exactly what I need to do tonight. Um, and just we, lesson learned for the we, young guys. Can we talk about yeah. the, the Aussie guys put in the press release, Zombie Chris Blows? Like they actually, <laughs> they, yes. they it's in the press release? They sent us notes, um, bio, the, biographies on the yeah. writers for the announcers, and that was the main thing you needed to know about Chris Blows. <laughs> That uh, he had a race where he crashed, Good. he made, laid motionless for one lap, then got up and started passing riders back. Therefore, now known as Zombie Chris Blows. That was it's, in my it's, notes. It's so funny. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. And then, you know, like JGR for the Norn thing, they put Fast Freddie Norn in the press release. Like, they said Fast Freddie Norn. Like, 
what the hell's going on in this world? Anyways. Oh, well, Filthy Phil is 100% yeah. you too. Yeah, Filthy Phil 100%. is. 100%. Yeah. No, it really yes. is. Yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so. Okay, uh, what's your take? What did you pick up for 2020 out of the two races you went to? Anybody who followed my social media this weekend knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, it's Martin Davalos, everybody. <laughs> Marty was so good this weekend. He should have won. And your guy, Brayton, as much as he wants to run around on the Pulp Show last night and as much as he wants to, in the, in the in Geneva, run around and talk about how Marty cracked and how he broke Marty. And, and our, you and I and him are in a group text, you know. And, and Hey, you, shout out to JB. We were not in a group text. You and I were just sparring on Twitter. And how awesome is Justin Brayton to start a group text with the two of us? Yeah. After the dual race. Yeah. And be like, I got, I got him, him Weech. I got, I got him, him. Weech. <laughs> so Marty's starts were on point, which the first turn was very unfair in Geneva. If you got there first, you were able to double into a rhythm. And it gave you three bike lengths right away. So the start was huge. It always is huge, but it was extra huge if it's possible. Um, yeah, so, anyways, uh, he was great. Uh, Marty swept everything night one. Night two, he fell in the heat. He made a mistake in the heat. Brayton got him, and then he crashed in the main while leading. And Brayton won the overall, and, and you know, and all of that. So, in the end, it was JB time, and, and maybe JB has a point. But Marty was good, for reals. He was fastest in his practice session, beating Justin Hill both nights. He, was in, he wasn't in the practice with Mookie and Brayton. And, but he was fastest overall, second day, a little track condition, sends him to do it. Martin Davalos, everybody. Like, he looks good. I, I mean, even you, even you could not have imagined when you started in, and again, I got to give you credit, just like Zombie Chris Blows, Filthy Phil Nicoletti, you were the first on this Marty thing. Uh, it was a little harsh. <laughs> it was a little harsh. It's going back about 10 years ago. The mask about- and the gun. Yes, yes, he has stolen money from 250 teams year in and year out. But even you, even having come up with this concrete theory, and I know you you probably have a couple weeks lead time of like you develop a theory, but before you throw it out there, you want to make sure that all the data lines up. Okay, so you made sure before you started saying that Marty was stealing money from 250 teams that you had a lot of evidence and data, and this is concrete, and you knew this would come true. But even you could have never imagined that this long into it mm-hmm. we would marty would still be giving gifts like no no finally getting out of 450 in supercross and yeah. going fast as crap yes and then washing the front and, end and not winning uh <laughs> i said in our group text guys you're not gonna believe this but marty washed the front end out <laughs> guys uh, and, and then even brayton was like oh, yeah that's odd <laughs> like it's <laughs> How many people said Marty Marty? How many times did you? Oh that? yeah, I know. I got it. I got it from a lot of people. Um, oh, and, yeah, Lars. And that you La- and Marty. How did Marty become your guy? This is oh, he's my guy. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, you love wrestling. This is how it works in wrestling, right? <laughs> this is wrestling. Thought of that angle. This is wrestling. Yes. This is how it how- works. Yes. Um, how could Bobby Heenan now be with Andre the Giant <laughs> and against Hulk Hogan? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. I. I. I I got Marty was uh Brian Johnson was there from MTF X racer mm-hmm. uh, who's Marty's yep. buddy, but he's not a real mechanic. I mean he's he knows how, what he's doing, but he's not a real mechanic. But but he's trying his best and he's working hard. And I looked down at Marty's fork on night two and the axle sticking out of the fork, and I'm like, hey, that's supposed to be flush. You got binding going on in your fork right here. 
So we fix that and we push it out and it's flush and everything else. And then Brian's like, I'm losing water in, in my bike. I got, you know, it's getting hot and tra- lots of traction. So the bike's getting generating a lot of heat. So I go over to Brayton's pit. I'm like, give me this radiator cap. Like they got a 1.8 uh, radiator cap, which is a higher pressure radiator cap. And they got a spare one. They wouldn't give me the one off the bike because I was like, listen, I said, what? We're going to win the overall. We need this cap right here. And they're just <laughs> Lars and Duff are like, what the hell are you talking about? But they did have a spare one. And uh, and so they got us a spare one. So I was like, Weege, not only was I on the bandwagon, I'm working on the bike. Unreal. I'm Literally. working on the bike. Yeah. Wow. So, I, yeah, I, yeah. I cannot believe how far it's come. It, it's He was good, dude. Like, I know he's jumping on a KTM. You know, he's going to be on Team Ted or KTM, and he's on a Cowie over there. So, Boring Stroke? Yeah, yeah he's, he's got an option for a Boring Stroke for the Tedder team. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, but he was really good, honestly. Marty was really good. And Brayton, you know, I, uh, Brayton knocked him off the track one time, and I, and I stood there. I was on the floor because I couldn't find a seat because the place was sold out on Saturday night. I was stood on the floor, and I stood there with my hands up in the air. On the really? stadium floor when Brayton was running towards me. Like, what are you doing? And Brayton nice. rides up. He's like, he buckled. He buckled. He said this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, and I'm like, why are you doing this to us? I'm like, why? <laughs> it was it was fantastic all weekend long. Uh, so, I, I mean, no. you. there's no way you knew. I, again, I, I'm sure you did your research. I'm sure you had a concrete uh, logic behind labeling Marty as Marty. But there's no way you thought it would turn out. No, this beautiful. No, it's all no. coming together, and, and I mean, no. and then well, let's face it. I, I've been yelling and screaming about it getting on a 450, and then he rode for the outdoors, and he podiumed a couple times. Yep. And I had more ammo. I just had more, and I just, you know. And then but, he, but you can forever say the first time he was really in a 450 Supercross race, he was the fastest guy. The fastest guy. He was right. So yep, he was. I, he's, his I know bu- that Tomac wasn't there and Cooper <laughs> Webb wasn't there, but in the end, he was the fastest guy. He. Basically, one Daytona because Brayton did, and he was faster than Brayton. So he basically won Daytona. Oh, and some of that Lord Alfred Wygant logic. <laughs> right, I love right. it. I love um, it. But yeah, he was great. And so, you know, his bike's going to be the same as Baggett and Bogle. Like, it'll be a full, you know, factory services KTM. Basically, the same thing as Cooper Webb. A few things missing, but basically the same. So his bike will be good. He looks good, man. He looks good. I mean, I was. I was genuinely buying in and this is going to be amazing but then barsha i don't think he meant it as a slight but it was a good move from barsha to say in your post-race interview hey these are short you know 10 lap eight lap races we know marty can go good for 10 laps and i was like ah, that is a good point this this is exactly marty's wheelhouse these are basically races. yeah i I didn't have a lot for that i don't have a lot to come back on that as he i mean marty is the all-time heat race hero no doubt and in the end, in the end, Brayton won. Marty watched the front end. Let's not let's Mar- your, your honor, your honor. Let's not get away from the facts here. Like, despite the hype, despite everything, yes. he threw well, it look, away. Uh, he threw it uh, away. Zacco did not win no, last year. He did not win races. Paris. No, no. What happened? Actually, what happened? Uh, I don't. I thought. Well, his bike fell apart completely in one race, <laughs> but there was another yeah. race. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I thought. What happened? I, there was one other race. What happened? I don't remember. I thought he just charged. He up. fell over in the last lap. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that was in uh, that wasn't Paris though. Was that Geneva? Or what did he do? Three races? I'm confused. Maybe it was Paris. Maybe I'm confused. 
Yeah. He had a race where he fell over, yes. much like Marty. Yes. He had it. Yeah. It was his. Yeah. It was done. No, it was Paris. No, it was Paris. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He fell over yeah. on the last lap and didn't so, actually get the win, much right. like Marty. Um, yeah. So I would I would be lying if I didn't say I was counting on Marty Martying when we Brayton was in second, but I was getting worried. Well, there actually did become some some problems with those guys. Like Brayton wasn't pumped on Marty's move on Friday. And then Brayton got Marty back, and they had a discussion, and it was like, it was like, uh, hey, are we good? Because there was some tension there. And then when I had them both in the room post race, there was some a little tad tension between them, a little bit. So that 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 was for the you know that happens in overseas races, but but they were fine, but it, there was a little tension. So um, yeah, that was interesting. So I take away from Geneva and Paris that Barsha couldn't have been any cooler. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Marty is is coming. The dawn of Marty is here. Yeah, I've got nothing on the racing side whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, nothing. But, right, but, right. but tons. And look, one other thing. The the dirt was not really good at the Ossex Open. Yeah, it didn't um, look great. I saw highlights. It didn't look great. No, it was super slick. And, and uh, I have a podcast coming with the um, promoters. I'll probably drop it tomorrow where they explain the unbelievable hoops they had to go through yeah. to hold a race in this building. Uh, starting with the fact that the stadium is built on top of a parking garage and you're not allowed to drive bulldozers on the floor because you will collapse the floor. <laughs> so they couldn't, I mean, they had like every skid steer. And yeah, that's how, that's how they had seen. to build it. Jeez, yeah. yeah, so you couldn't, um, you couldn't grade it, groom it uh, the way you normally would. Uh, and I know when I say the race was done super well, if you're running, if, if anyone racing in it would be like, uh, yeah, except the dirt was the slickest dirt of all time. But hey, you know what? As you guys like you and I will say it, sometimes the dirt being slippery or the track being rutted or even muddy, from our perspective, that only puts on a better show. I know everybody wants the greatest track ever all the time if you're racing on it. Um, yeah, the dirt was not ideal, but that led to great racing. It led to great racing. It led to mistakes um, yeah. and things like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That That's that's what happens for sure. Um, yeah, like you had the exact opposite there in Geneva yeah. where it was super yeah, wet got, and rutted. Right? Malcolm was a guy who never felt comfy all weekend long, you know. Um, right. Um, right. Of course, Geneva was only one year ago that, uh, that Geneva was the side of Malcolm asking me if Pastrana – was better than James. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Do, oh you, do you think do you think Pastrana was better than my brother? That was 1 year ago in Geneva and I almost hit him with a baguette. It's, it's amazing. Um uh okay, oh freestyle? also what? I, I don't freestyle know. I don't know, what? dude. I don't, I don't know, but this is an example of, you know. That's racing. So. I don't I don't So. I don't know. Um yeah. Okay, so uh, oh, I also want to take this away. Also. Okay. Mm-hmm. Canada. Again, like Canada is the end. Canada has the anvil falling on all the time. Can- Canada in motocross, and you and JT get great delight out of this, I know. Like, we just can't get it right. Nothing good can ever happen for Canada on the motocross where world stage. Where are you stage. going with this? I have no idea where you're going. Well, Kevin Benoit, Kevin Benoit at Disney Nations was a rare moment of shining light. Yes, How- however, impressive. Our MX2 champion got the invite from Eric Pernard, uh, Dylan Wright. He was our MX2 champion. He won the arena cross also. He's a very talented rider. He got the invite to come over to Paris, and uh, or to Geneva, I should say. And he came over, and um, he was the fastest in both practice sessions. Joey Crown was there. 
Brian Zhu was there, all the French Supercross guys, 250 class, of course. Mm-hmm. And he was fast as a guy in both sessions, both days. And so things were looking good for Canada to really, you know, hey, Dylan Wright, who is this kid? He won Geneva, blah, 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 you know, wow, that. And um, he absolutely crashed his brains out all weekend long. He he broke a broken front brake lever, a bent right head pipe, a bent left head pipe, a broken left muffler, bent the exhaust studs for head pipes, bent front rotor, bent subframe, two broken throttle tubes, a bent right foot peg, a bent white radiator, radiator, a broken clutch perch, bent handlebars, three rip grips, a gouge in the Cosima in the forks. Cosima coating. That's the list Good that Di- That is the list of Dylan Wright's parts. RMX <laughs> He was the fat he hit the wall in the whoops. He he absolutely was a grenade out there. And so yet again, Canada cannot shine at the in the world I, stage. I, yeah, I, I did not even know. I didn't know where you were going with this because I had no idea he was even there. Yep. Because I watched the races. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yep. But he was never seen no. in actual racing. Fastest in both practices, both days. <laughs> Fastest rider. <laughs> Gosh. So I just uh, I just want everybody to know yeah. that once again the anvil falls on Canada and we cannot we cannot do anything. Hey, look, uh, I believe it was February last year where Jess Pettis got a sniff, yeah, got a cup of maybe just instant coffee, maybe not yeah. the good stuff, yeah, but he got a cup of coffee with Troy Lee Designs, correct? Which is a factory KTM team here in the United States, and he was looking good. And then honestly, I don't even know he got hurt and just he got never. Hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. And it, he was hurt so much, even his Canadian season ended up being not good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing, yeah. nothing can good can happen for Canada. Everybody, that's no. that's the that's the lesson here. Um, how but was there is a logical pathway that if Jess Pettis had continued on the rise that he had last February, hey, Charlie Designs KTM has pretty much replaced every single rider on the team with a new rider. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, he could have been on the yeah, team this year if it had team. kept going mm-hmm. that direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, how was BT, Ben Townley? Was there any sense of that BT felt like he could win the main event that night? Uh, I, I know that's your take on BT. It, it is. Totally, it is. Yeah, I know. I, I don't totally disagree. Like, Ben is confident in himself. <laughs> He's very confident not, in himself. Yes. yes. I, I didn't get any of that talking to him. Um, yeah. BT's awesome. He's actually one no, of the original. No, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's just very sure of himself. Yeah. Uh, I, I give I go way back with BT only because when he first came here, which I believe was '06, you know I was still kind of a newer guy, uh-huh. and he was one of the first guys at that level that like, oh I know who you are, yeah you're Jason from Racer X, and like we had like a little report. Now I have that report with most riders, but he was really one of the first, so I, I'll always give respect to BT for that. I didn't get any of that listening to him, but they did have the dual race where they pick three Australians or three New Zealanders and have them race three Americans. I believe it's staged. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Cody, this, was, this is your quad races at, at MSG? At arena, at old arena, yes, yeah. uh, like old arena cross. Yeah. It is either staged or, Steve, you can be the judge, or Cody Cooper put it to Jason Anderson. For a <laughs> what do you think? Staged or real? Uh, is this Pedro Gonzalez beating Everett and Tortelli? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> Everett's. We had nothing for Pedro. <laughs> we had nothing we for just, Pedro. And nothing we couldn't. Nothing. <laughs> JT saying that they're basically like riding in first gear to not do not we, pass him. We were powerless against Pedro. Okay, yes. so so Cody Cooper, the man who literally went through eighteen sets of bars in six races or something uh, when he raced. Yeah, Supercross. I think he ended up in the stands in Dallas or right. something or, or San Diego. 
Uh, yeah, he pu- he puts it to Jason Anderson straight up, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was a really good idea. It's like a relay race. So, so like, he's coming Cooper- back then for Supercross 2020. Cody Cooper <laughs> is coming back, obviously, clearly. <laughs> he has Anderson speed for one lap. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Savace had to was up against Clout, and either Savace was doing an excellent job of taking a dive, or he really was. That he didn't look good in New Zealand at all, Savachi, and I really hope that some of that was just on purpose. Okay. Because he looked so bad in this match race. But I had just watched uh, <laughs> Cody Cooper Coops put it to Anderson, so I'm like, maybe this is just part of it. <laughs> and then so now it's BT and Carmichael are the last two. And BT's gonna huck this uh, like double, triple, triple rhythm. He's gonna do it. And dude, it was so I'm like, no, he's gonna die. <laughs> it was like clip, yes. clip, clip. And <laughs> He clips the last one. He's coming in in the corner. Like, how is he going to get his foot on the brake? And right. damn it all, he saved it. But I was like, dude, it's Carmichael Townley. This is clearly just a fun exhibition. Like, yeah. they don't need to do this. They don't yeah. need to triple. But nah, man, he, he still went for it. So wow. I don't know how you categorize that. Maybe yeah, it's yeah. just racing instincts, or maybe he just wanted to show were the, I can still do this. Were the fans into it? Were they into it? Well, yeah, but here's the best part. So I think the idea was that they do some block passing. Yeah. And then Carmichael goes inside. Ben tries to get underneath. They mistimed it. And Talley ends up running into the back of him and going down. And Team that, USA wins. And, that was and I'm it. like, right. And I'm like, that was not because the we, way it was. Supposed we to know from the, from the one and done Ironman uh, super, retired superstar race oh, that things don't yes. always go to plan for, for these guys. JT is no, still feeling the wrath from, from Kevin Windham. Yeah, and I yeah. believe Ricky's yes. still mad at Todd DeHoop. It, you never know when there's a Todd to hoop going to go rogue no, and yeah, decide yeah, to try to win it. Yeah, right. So uh, these things don't always yeah, so work. Team USA won. So there's Team USA waving the flag. And I'm like, they even had Cody Cooper beat Anderson. There's no way this was supposed to end with Team USA winning. <laughs> uh, but that's what happened. Oh, that's, that, actually, yeah. that actually sounds fun to watch. I wish, yeah, that actually sounds pretty good. Cody Cooper's a legend. Uh, team Team Rob Bidas, by the way. So Oh, yeah. Cody Brian yeah, Cooper. Right. But. That's what I'm saying. They threw in that race. They had uh, freestyle. And by yeah. the way, you're in Australia and New Zealand. You're getting the best freestyle guys because they're all Australian yeah, did, these days. Did you announce the freestyle? No. Oh, okay. How do they know? I was wondering this. How do they know? I think there's been freestyle at Monster Cup a few times. Yeah. And like Cameron Steele suddenly like reemerged on a Supercross broadcast for like the first time in 20 years. Like Ralph and I think it was Emig at the time. It's just like. You guys are out of here. We'll bring in Cameron Steele. How, how is it that every promoter, except Hawaii, knows, do not ask the regular announcers to do freestyle? Well, I just think the budget in Hawaii was low. But what? No. Okay. No, I get that there. Oh. But why in every other event do they know, don't even ask? Yeah, don't even. Yeah, good point. Yeah, They, they will not do it. They cannot yeah. do it. Right. I didn't say I can't do freestyle. They just, they just, they just went with somebody else. Right. They did. What? Yeah. And I'm saying Monster Cup. I'm sure it wasn't Ralph and Jeff saying we cannot announce freestyle. I'm sure it was. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. We got I, Cameron Steele. I we don't need to do it. A couple of Pulp fans DM me. Uh, the announcer did say, the louder you get, the higher they go. <laughs> down under. Somebody said that. Yeah, so, I'm sure. It's this guy, Bruce. Bruce was good. Yeah. Bruce. Yeah. And I saw your tweet. Uh, it's time for some hot freestyle action here in Geneva. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the louder you get, the bigger yeah, they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Hawaii- Here's what you need to do on Pulp. Get one of these freestyle guys on there as a guest. Mm-hmm. 
We need to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Does yeah. that actually happen? And, and and also, too, by the way, you know, how many paying gigs do you have a year, and how stoked are you when you get a chance to come out to, for one of these, from, come out from wherever you live to call one of these? Like, you know, you're just like, yes, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. You know. So. Well, no, I'm, I'm serious. I want to know. The louder they get, does that make them go bigger? Or have we been living in a farce well, world for Hawaii is, some years? Hawaii is on again. So we are – I mean, I'm going back. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'd like to. It was yeah. awesome. So, but do I need to bring the family? Because I can't profit. I cannot you, profit. You, yeah, you did. You did not bring them last year. No, yeah. no, I, that was pure business. And, I, I, and you flew I in gambled. super late, and flew out the next. Like it was just a normal trip for you, just like going to St. Louis. Uh pretty much. I did come in Thursday. Oh, you did? You I thought you came in Friday. You, well, it seemed late because you and Pookie were there, seriously, what, <laughs> right. five days yeah. in advance? Right. Um, but so, I yes, twice this year I gambled once where I was like, I'm going to do the super trip and not bring them, and then I'm going to bring right. the super trip and bring them. So I can tell you when I was in Hawaii, I regretted not bringing them. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Australia, I regretted bringing them. So how do I, <laughs> how do wow. I win? How, much, how much credit do you have with your lovely wife and children for taking them to on this amazing trip for three weeks and, you know, being the dad of the year, I mean, you must have so much currency built up. That That is the hope. And I discussed this with Anton, uh, who was loving it, of course. Oh, I forgot Anton was yeah. down there. Yes. Anton Abs- showed up. He was oh, loving it. Uh, just in his was, glory. Yeah. Uh, trust me, he had no problems paying for the latte. No. No problem. No, 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 no. He went all in. And, this is our buddy uh, Anton from Swap Moto. And, and, Knowles, and uh, this yeah. weekend, Knowles in Geneva, he's like, where's Anton? I'm like, not here. He's like, What? Like, unbelie- couldn't believe it. Couldn't well, believe I talked it. to Anton about that. They, those two have a little secret society I wasn't aware of. Oh, okay. Uh, they have a thing. They have a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, where they, they, yes, they need to travel together sometimes. Yes, yeah, very, very important. Right, right. Yes. Um, so uh, I told Anton this. I'm like, dude, I've got to find a way yeah. to get as much equity out of this so then I can finally start going back to Paris. Maybe I can go to donations. Yeah. Maybe I can earn myself enough points. But guess what? As soon as I got home, I get home Sunday night, mm-hmm. and I had to drive to West Virginia for a Racer X meeting. Uh, so I missed some time last week. And then as soon as this podcast is over, headed to the airport. You and I are going to record the preview Supercross shows at Pro Circuit tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be gone three days this week. I, I can see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quickly it's done. The, the, you know the photo? I'm back to the future. <laughs> fading away? Yeah. It's fading. Yeah. The memories of the Australian yeah. Trooper fade. There is no way come donations next year. I have residual credit. Yeah, no, no never mind. Uh, the fact that you don't go to Motocross of Nations is ridiculous. I will stand by that. Uh, it's absolutely insane that you don't go to this race and cover it and, and aren't there. But yeah, five days, yeah, five days in Europe, hanging out with my buddies. Yeah. Plus, here's the difference. Look, man, you can illustrate this well. I know Donations is work. Yeah, like you're it, at the nope, track. It is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. As an example, it's in Saint Jean d'Angely in 2020, right? Yep. Uh, donations, right? Compare how much City of Lights Paris you saw at the Paris Supercross compared to what you will see in uh, at the Nations next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to be at a motocross track. Yeah, that's you, all you're going to see. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. You're on the middle of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, not not good. I mean, Geneva, Switzerland, Paris, France, Melbourne, Australia, yeah, Auckland, New Zealand. Right. Who who wouldn't do that? Uh, sign sign anybody up. You saw some kangaroos. They're like yeah, deer like, down there, right? They're just like deer. They literally have the signs on the side of the road, like yeah. watch for kangaroos walking across the road, lest you hit one. I can go on forever, although I will say, really, it wasn't that foreign. Um, 
besides driving on the wrong side of the road, it almost wasn't foreign enough. There were times, because I was spending so much money, that I had to remind myself I was in a foreign country, like, soak it up. This is what you're spending the money on. You're spending the money on this cultural experience. But it's very American-like. Uh, I went to uh, Japan many years ago, and that was way more foreign than I expected. Yeah. I'm like, ah, the world's the same now. Yeah. So as you know, there are some countries you can go to that it feels just like being in America. Mm-hmm. There are others that are not. Uh, and Australia and New Zealand are not that different. I, yeah. yeah, I just love the group text that well, I'm in with you. People are hitting you up. How's it going? And you're just like, it's so much money. This is what I spent today. This is what I see. <laughs> Well, I couldn't even respond because I turned the data off on my phone. So it's like until I got to Wi-Fi each night, I was out. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, uh, well, yeah. all right, anything else? I mean, I could go on forever. But look, here's the only thing. that Here's how we can wrap this up. Back-to-back weekends, two continents, two races. I went to one. You went to one. What's the one common denominator, Steve? Who won? Oh God! Here we go. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. You got a point. I have no comeback Justin for that. Justin Brayton won yeah, both. Justin Brayton. Yeah. He, he, it doesn't matter where you go, what time zone you're in, uh, well, what season it is. It's always Justin Brayton it's, time. It's Brayton time, and and, <laughs> and he's got such a fantastic program. He is making so much money, and not riding the outdoors and do it. He is. He has the the program right now. He is the envy of almost every racer. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I, yeah. I, I think at the amount of times I heard, I'd like to someday do a JB type program throughout <laughs> yeah. this weekend. So. I hear it all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it's Supercross. It ain't that hard. Like yeah. he's got it. These races, especially, dude. They're not working that hard. Uh, I, I guess Paris. They, it's not as much as it used to be. They make them ride a lot. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do. But, but for the most part, the racing part at these events is yeah. really easy. Yeah, it's easy money. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. So that's the that's the. Uh, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, Geneva, Paris, Auckland, Australia uh, edition. Weege and I traveling the world this offseason. we got three weeks or so, Weege, and then I'll see you at the Big A. And uh, none of these riders will be friends, and they will all hate us, and all of these offseason yeah. stuff will be, will be done. So. Oh, yeah. And then next year we'll say, hey, why can't we do this more again? <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, somehow I'm in North Carolina, you're in Vegas, we're on the phone, and tomorrow morning, we will be shooting videos in California. I don't even know yeah. how that works, but that's what we're doing. Yep, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right, Come on uh, by Pro Circuit tomorrow, everybody. Come on by. No, don't don't tell them that. Don't, oh, I don't? don't? No, no, no. Why not? No. Oh, you're not that kind of guy? You don't like fans? No. Um, what? Right. we got to focus on these videos. We gotta, we're very serious. We've got to be serious about these videos. So, oh, show Steve. Yeah. Show, yeah. Show, Steve. show Steve's back. Sorry. I, hey. don't, don't come by, everybody. Show Steve you do not want to meet this man. Oh, I'm sorry I want to do a good job. Sorry I, I want to do a good job. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Well, if, if anyone's around, I'm just giving you a warning. If you see Steve with a legal pad, <laughs> give him room. That shows Steve he does not want to bro down or hang out. I stand by my statement of trying to do a good job. I, I stand by preparing for something. Yes. Yes. Ah, re- preparing. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you, Fly Racing, Maxis, Alpine Stars. Thanks, Weege. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.